internet outages, sketchy electrical issues in the house. Nothing's going to stop us from recording this episode, bud. We are being thrown curveball after curveball, but we don't even care. It's right in tune with the current state of the team, so let's just keep rolling, man. God, I think the weather outside right now is actually a pretty good depiction of what we're going on inside. Dark so skies. It's pretty crazy. It's raining cats and dogs over here, but I'm sure at the stadium it's probably sunny and shiny. Typically is. That's uh, <laughs> that's the motion right there. That is the South Florida weather, but rain or shine, we are here and welcome to the Inter Miami podcast. This is Alex Papa George, joined like always by Mr. J. Kington, how you doing today, bud? Flustered. I know you are. This has been quite a topic of discussion for the last few days. Oh, I'm not even talking about the team. I'm just talking about the whole annoying internet outage. Because I know, like, once this is done, like, this is fun. We'll be able to do this. You'll take it. You'll be able to publish it at your house. That's good. What am I going to do for the rest of the night? <laughs> You're going to have to no deal internet, with a three-year-old. <laughs> no cable. Nothing. And for all We're the listeners, light candles and play shoots and ladders. If you have ever had to entertain a three, three and a half year old with no internet in 2021, good luck. Good luck. Now we bought sh- shoots and ladders off Amazon like a week ago, and he didn't like. Hey, that game still slaps, bro. Well, I, I, I've, I've been crushing him. And he's crying, <laughs> but it's all luck, dude. It's all, I can't do anything. It's all luck. And then, you know, I won the first game. He started crying and I was like, oh, it's okay. Like, do you want a piece of key lime pie? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, only winners get pie. <laughs> dude, how do you feel? Dude? You're the father of the <laughs> year. He looked dude. at me all shocked and I laughed and then I, then I gave him a, a piece of pie. That is hysterical. Well, uh, at least Quinn's getting pie. Uh, It looks like that you came up empty handed like usual, but I guess that's just the joys of being a father. No, I'm I'm undefeated on shoots and ladders so far. Come get at me. See, I know you're talking about Quinn right now. Put some money on the shoots and ladders game. Not having access to internet, but I know you in a few hours when you go and go to play some FIFA or Call of Duty is going to be pretty bummed. There is going to be no FIFA or Call of Duty unless it's story mode, but most of the time you have to be online to even play the story mode. I think I'm going to go in the garage, dust off the old Blu-ray player, and and probably watch the only Blu-ray I have, which is Tropic Thunder. But you can watch that over a million times, and it's still a great movie. God, I don't know if that's a timeless classic or just a classic that didn't have its time. Oh. Ooh, you like that? That's uh, that's deep right there, man. I'm gonna have to ponder on that one, and we'll update him next week. But let's uh, let's get into it, buddy. Um, oh goodness, where do we start? Thanks for joining us. Check us out on on social media: Facebook, Instagram at Intermiami Podcast. We're on Twitter now. It's at Inter M I A Podcast. We do have a website, intermiamipodcast.com, and shoot us an email, Jay and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. Shout out uh, as you guys continue to leave reviews, at least the positive reviews on the Apple uh, Podcast Store. It's uh, we, we really do appreciate that. Um, but let's go ahead and get into probably the best news that we're going to cover, and that's that we were able to go to the Intermiami Atlanta United game on this past Wednesday and had a blast, I may say. We were able to join the Siege. Big shout out to that supporters groups because all three of them were in mass numbers in the stadium. And I got to say, it was it was it was wild. It was absolute wild. It was great to be in the stadium with our club playing on the pitch and just kind of have that that experience of a match day. And obviously we didn't have you know, 18,000 screaming fans, you know, with us. But in due time, in due time, it will happen. Yeah, I think if uh, my math's correct, there was uh, 360 supporters groups, members allowed, 120 for each. It was great. I mean, you know, everyone was just like coughing each other's mouth, being really safe. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Everyone was in face masks. Security was on it. Um, they still had their, you know, the Heineken bar open. So we were enjoying some, some adult beverages. I had a, a hot dog that I assume just because they haven't been playing games at the home stadium had a very stale bun. So that would be my one, um, thing I'd like to see improved is a fresher bun, but we had a blast. They had the, the, the fan cutouts as well. Uh, everyone was singing rowdy the whole time. I, I'm not even gonna say got stuck because I enjoyed it, but I was the American flag toting supporter over there and it it, uh, it was good 
We got to see the first goal from none other than Breck Shea. Have a good time. And uh, man, dude, that was, uh, that was, that was, I was smiling. I'm smiling now thinking of it. It was fun. I think this was probably the most Spanish Jay and I have learned in quite some time. So, see, <laughs> there you go. But no, Jay hit, a, hit the nail on the head. It was an absolute blast. We spent the early evening with the siege. Big shout out, Max. Uh, Gerardo, all those guys that we were hanging out with at the bars, having a good time. Then we walked over to the stadium, got, you know, met up with a bunch of people from Vice City that were absolutely going bonkers. And as Jay said, the Heineken uh, table was open. Fun fact, you can go ahead and grab two drinks for yourself, but go ahead and slip your buddy or girlfriend or guy friend, whoever that may be with you, their credit card. So you guys can double up on all your drinks and not just get one. Yeah, or just carry two credit cards like I do and just pass them out like it's candy. Yeah, or just don't have fraud that happened to me and, you know, you should be good too. Okay, to be fair, that's not what happened. He left his his card at the the go-kart facility. Well, fun fact, I, they don't even know where it is. Oh, that's true. Oh, wait, no. oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so I great. got hit with fraud two days prior on my credit card. And I was like, oh, no problem. I'll just bring my debit card. So I brought the debit card <laughs> to Extreme Action Sports Park and your boy lost it. Oh, so that is great. to this day, I'm still rocking cash for the first time since 1999. Hey, and it's a no-change society we live in now, but uh, I'll tell you what. It was a night game. It's, it's obviously getting cooler down here in South Florida. Beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, thorough enjoyment. Saw some of the fans, some of the season ticket holders in the the fan groups getting a little upset. Happy that they were having fans, but a little upset that they weren't able to get tickets. Uh, and the responses were on point. Join a supporters group and get access to stuff like that. Obviously, the supporters groups are going to be the priority to the club, and then it'll go to the season ticket holders, uh, us included. We just happen to have relationships with all the supporters groups, and we're lucky enough to be invited. But join a supporters group. Now is the time. Get the cool stuff. Go to the games. You don't have to complain anymore on Facebook. Just go be a supporter. Yeah, and if you're curious on which supporters group you want to go ahead and join up with or maybe get together on a little bit of an event, go ahead and flip back a few episodes. We did interview all four of them, The Siege with Max Ramos, The Southern Legion with Uncle Ed, Peter and Marcos, The Northern Pack with Jose and Melvin, and Vice City 1896 with Chris and Caesar. So go ahead and check out those episodes. gives a really good appeal to what you would expect from all the different supporters groups. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Papa George, a company man. A company man. Company man, baby. Hyphen it up. Love it. Love it. Love you like it. That? I do. I do. I like that. Go listen to those. We got some player interviews as well. Uh, and we're going to be having some some new player interviews coming up. Some bangers whoa, we're looking forward whoa, to. We're just going to we're going to leave it hanging. We're going to leave it hanging. We're that, not giving any that information. That is a hanger right there, but we're working on some hotness. We are working on hotness per fire. Per usual, rather. All right, let's get Can into this. Can I say this, lit though. again? It's been a few episodes. It's, it's, go ahead and say lit. It's lit, folks. It's we'll cover. We'll, we'll cover both of it right now. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump into this, though. So obviously, we were at the Atlanta United game. Uh, without going into too much detail, because we're going to go into more detail on this Montreal game. It was great to see the first ever goal in person from none other than our boy, the majestic unicorn Viking Swedish. Norwegian, whatever his ethnicity is, his golden blonde hair, and he had a beautiful banger uh, for that first goal. Very upsetting, traditional Inter Miami fashion. We gave up a goal this time. I don't even think it was near the five minute mark. I want to say it was like two minutes, maybe. Give up a goal. Ended up drawing the match out. Uh, statistically speaking, was was very tough to see because we absolutely uh, dominated that game and. You know, we, we went through the season preview, man, and there were a couple games that we had to win, this being one of them. And we come out, we get a point, but as like Will Trapp said, it felt like we lost two points there. I honestly think the best description besides the way you laid down Breck Shea might even be a centaur, Jay. This a guy centaur. might be a centaur in his flesh, but Jay said it, man. We were in the stands. I'm we were like a, a Nordic alien but there's there's an alien race that's like all blonde hair and that, that's what breck descends from it's like the tall blonde just what a resurgence man <laughs> what a resurgence this he's was, one of our favorite players this now. was the best 50 dollars our team spent all year but <laughs> <laughs> 
but straight up, without Breck Shea on this team, on this team, I really don't know where we would be. But you know, Jay touched on Being it. Being a darker we, hole, we have a crazy, crazy habit of scoring goals and letting up goals, and it's wild. I think Jay and I are going to start a timer now because this stuff seems to happen within the next three to five minutes. Literally three to five minutes we've been saying this, and now like the announcers are picking up on it, like the MLS reporters are picking up on it. So it, we, we've been identifying this issue for a while. It's frustrating. Like Just to give you an idea of – this is our problem, man. We have – We've been having these these great game scripts or, or or stats for each game really since the MLS is back tournament. And if you just look at, at just strictly the statistics, you would think we'd be winning every game. But no, no, no. Here, let me let me just break this down for you. So another game with us having the majority of possession, fifty five percent Inter Miami, forty five percent Atlanta United. Twenty one shots by Inter Miami, six on target. Only three shots by Atlanta United with one on target, and that one on target was the equalizer. Fouls were pretty consistent, 18. Atlanta had 17. Yellow cards, we only had one, probably LGP per usual. Um, or he might have been banned that game, actually. But uh, Atlanta had four. No red cards. We had three offsides. Equal corner kicks, three apiece. Uh, Atlanta had five saves. We had zero saves. Like, that's 21 shots. We controlled that whole game. It, it really was a dominant performance, and we can't get a win out of the team that we beat twice. We've drawn once prior that we had to win this game, and we don't we don't get the the full three points. is incredibly uh, frustrating and and heartbreaking. It was literally Breck Shea in the 80th minute, Jake Moraine in the 83rd minute. Yeah. Well, not even five minutes. We were riding our longest winning streak in club history. And I got to tell you, the entire, which is two, but I got to tell you, the entire vibe in the state, I don't even think we were done celebrating before that no, goal no. was put in and everyone was you're, sitting there scratching their heads wondering what the hell just happened. You're absolutely right, bro. Everyone's still yelling at each other. Like I'm like drinking my beer and waving that American flag and then. Next thing, it like the kind of like the, the sound like dimmers down mm -hmm. a little bit, and we turn around, we're like, "What the heck just happened?" And upon watching the replays, dude, just complete just lapse of of judgment or intensity, and end up losing this and just pitiful play by the defense. Uh, Nico Fagal tries to slide and they just cut inside in the box, and Nico just slides off into into outer space basically, and. and Easy, easy goals, man. That's the that's the toughest part because Breck Shea's goal. There is nothing easy about no, that. That there was a small nothing corner. Easy about that at all. Um, but to lose off such an easy cut in and just simple pass across McCarthy's face, you can't even blame McCarthy. In an easy bucket. Well, you know, fun fact, Jay. This is a little tier two data for everybody out there. We have nineteen goals in nineteen games. Which, funner fact, that's not a good statistic, everybody. That is the fourth fewest goals by any team in the MLS. So what does that tell you? It means goals are scarce for us. It means we are not putting the ball in the back of the net like the predominant, predominant most teams in the MLS. So that means every goal that we score is that much more valuable to us. So if we're only averaging one goal a game, that quite literally means that we can't give up a goal. So that's just not that's not, that's not good math for anybody out there. That, that's a very good point. 19 goals allowed or 19 goals for 19 games played 29 goals allowed. And I mean, if I was going to guess, I'd say not even like bolstering, probably 70 to 75 percent of those goals have been allowed within five minutes of scoring. Like I would, it's, it's been miserable. Totally. Totally. I mean, it, it's it's like clockwork. It is absolutely like clockwork through this entire season. I mean, geez, guys, you think at some point someone on the team or on the coaching staff or even a player is just like, hey, listen, when we put a goal in, we got to buckle down. We have to focus as hard as we ever have in the entire 90 minutes of the match to not let up that goal. We Again, goals are very, very scarce for us. We are not a, a high-scoring offensive club. And for us to keep giving these goals away and just like they're candy, we got Halloween coming around here. Trick or treat, everybody. Trick or treat, MLS. Everybody's getting a treat. Everybody's getting a treat. Everybody's not just getting a treat. They're getting the king size candy bar from yeah. our team, which is just not right. 
it's really bad. The defense just completely falls apart. The defense has played so bad the past two games. It's it's an absolute joke, especially when you look at people that have been playing better earlier in the season, like Nico Fagal, who seems to be in a rough patch. LGP is just fouling everyone. And it, honestly, if he can't foul you, I don't even know how effective he would be as a defender. Arms always up complaining. Uh, ben Sweat, you know, we love you, bro. You're, you you provide more value, more in that midfield role. Um, you know, which this game, it was more the, the Montreal game. But at some point, man, the blame is has to be pointed at Diego Alonso. Because we're going to get into this Montreal game, but I'm now starting to, to, to have doubts. Like, I, I don't know if Diego is the right man for the job. I really don't. This has been some that is continuous in almost every single game, and you cannot address it. You cannot fix it. There seems to be no remedy. I don't know what it is. Rotate the players, different starting starting lineups, whatever it is. It's just not working. So if that doesn't get in line, we're not going to have any improvement. The most curious part about Diego's coaching style, in my opinion, to see thus far this year, and I'll be honest, this is my first year really paying attention to Diego Alonso. I know he spent a lot of time down in Mexico coaching some great teams, but and that's why we brought him over to the club, was his ability to go out and win tournaments and go out and not just, you know, he was never, you know, the top one or two, three clubs within the league that he was playing, but he could always make playoff runs. So, well, he was smoked in the He was smoked in the MLS's back tournament 0-3, and, and our record is not where it needs to be so so at I some point prior to joining the mls more in the concucoff types of tournaments he has been outstanding so my question is is just as, a, as an analysis type of standpoint is we have lacked a creativity throughout the entire season but b we have a lot la we have lacked the ability to make adjustments which in an, in an expansion team setting where everything is new, new players, new city, new team, new league, blah, 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 blah. You have to make these adjustments to figure out what is working and what is not working. If you do not make any adjustments, we talk about it all the time on the pod. It is the definition of being crazy or a psycho. You are just going to continue to do the same thing, expecting different results. Well, the world doesn't work like that so whether that's the formations that we're rolling out with whether that's the starting 11 that we're coming out with or you know whether that's the substitution packages that we have during the course of the game it seems like we're seeing a lot of repetition which in a club in our position where we're sitting right now out of the playoffs not looking too hot with probably the hardest stretch in our schedule left is not a good place to be in it's a horrible place to be in. I'm I'm less concerned with the substitution packages and more concerned with the substitution timing. Mm -hmm. Why do we wait until the 75th minute for subs? It seems you, like if, it's been that all year. It has been. If you identify a problem, which is so easy every first half we play, make the change at halftime. You still have five subs. You know, we thought they were going to change it back to three, but they've kept it at five. Utilize them and make sweeping changes. Have some confidence. We're not improving and we're not going anywhere. And of course, you know, I'm like, I'm, I've obviously not been looking forward to covering these two games that have upset me because these are two teams that we had to get the wins on. You look at our schedule, these are the easiest teams in our schedule. We had to get the wins. Now we're about to go against Orlando City. We're about to go against FC Dallas. We're about to go against Toronto. I see all three of those games as heavy, potentially losses. Um, all those teams are, you know, statistically better than us. It's going to be tough. And then we're going to finish the year with FC Cincinnati. What blew my mind is is when we're asking for sweeping changes, for confident changes, you know, we're coming off a three-game unbeaten streak, and really we're playing more of a 3-4-3 three, three, or even a 3-4-2-1 at some times. But the beauty about that situation is we typically have Ben as the left uh, you know, winger in the mid in, in either needless or someone relatable in on the right spot. So if we need to, we can drop down to five on the back line and play more of like a five, two, three or five, three, two, one. Why do you make the change after having a three game unbeaten streak to go to a four, three, three? Like it's been doing us well. We dominated that Atlanta United game. Why make the change now against Montreal? To come out in a 4-3-3 that doesn't work, then you try and rotate it back to three and put Nilas back into the midfield. But why not just come off in the same formation that we've been seeing improvements on? That was one of the 
perplexed questions that we were asking ourselves. And the honest answer is I have no idea, Jay. Only Diego knows, bro. Only Diego knows, and I'm sure he has his reasons. But, you know, I think you touched on it really early, and I think it was something that was kind of – it was something we spotted early in the season, and it was frustrating us a little bit, but – where we were early, I'd say about like even like a right after MLS's back tournament, probably even happening in the MLS's back tournament is when we really had absolutely zero offense flowing. Robbie was, you know, trying to get a little bit of bearings. Pizarro was trying to do everything on the pitch. And really the the time that we started thinking like, why are we not making substitutions earlier is with the Lee win situation. Yeah. Is is that we saw Lee get injected into the lineup and by the way, Lee wins killing it over in New England right now. But we saw Lee Win get injected into the lineups in probably the last, you know, probably around minute eighty, seventy eighth or so, something like that. And our offense just started clicking. It just started clicking. So the question was, why don't we make these types of adjustments earlier? And still to this day, I have no idea. I don't think anyone does. Um, I'm, I've been, we try, always try and stay positive, but this is incredibly frustrating. Like, Diego, up, up it, up it, change it. Do something. You just do the same thing over and over, and we're losing the two games we have to lose. We have three very difficult games in front of us. I'll be happy if we can get one win out of three, to be perfectly honest with you. I'll be very happy if we can get one win out of three. We had the chance to seize the playoffs and then box out from here. Now we're at a serious uphill climb to even get to that 10th spot. And if, if, if nothing's going to change, then I really hope at some point that ownership is going to start looking into, did we even pick the right guy? Cause you know, I, I like, there's been moments that there's aspects that we definitely like about Diego, but he wasn't the, he wasn't our first choice, our second choice, our third choice, nor, nor fourth choice. He was basically the best that the team could get at the time. Yeah. And the part of all this that just concerns me the most is that we have, actually good quality players you know we have the uh, world cup winner in in blaze matuidi we have gonzalo higuain who set the la liga or not la liga Serie A um record for most goals in a season we have the uh, cornerstone of the mexican national team el tri and rodolfo pizarro as a midfielder we have uh, pellegrini who was highly touted our, our young dp we have julian carranzo who was highly touted we got david we have, norman jr we've got our boy david norman jr but we've got robbie robinson number one overall pick in the super draft dylan nilas number three overall pick in the super draft we have veterans like will trap victor uyoya um first team selections in lgp uh highly touted nico fagal uh in 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 what we're seeing here is good players that cannot produce uh, uh, you know the results they need and that's what's the most concerning thing about me is at some point you know, I don't like this. We've been supportive of the team since day one. And to be fair, we will still be supportive. We're going to watch every game. We're going to love them regardless. But at some point, Diego's going to that, – that seat's going to get warmer and warmer and warmer as each week passes. And if we're not seeing results, something's going to change. If, if, if nothing changes – the names will change, right? Or whatever that was saying that, is. Yeah, was that the whatever account? our boss keeps telling us to, to, to make us work harder every day. <laughs> was it, yeah, if, the, if, oh, the numbers if the numbers don't, don't change, change, the, the names, names will. will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, boy. Clap two times if you've Diego heard Diego Alonso needs to come work with us and get some, <laughs> some clear motivation. Listen, Jay, you're right, man. I mean, listen, we were riding a two-game winning streak, and I want to make that known winning streak against Atlanta, and that was snapped. But we were on a three-game unbeaten streak as we marched into not Montreal, Canada, but actually fun fact we played this game in new york so part of the protocols in 2020 20 2020 20 can you please just go away 2020 please like can we just like restart this year or something but it's not gonna be like it's also crazy it's not gonna be like we flip the calendar year and 2021 is gonna be any different but anyway to do with protocols of covid the game was played in new york because the teams cannot go back and forth and just to add a little bit more convolution to the story, technically, it's in New Jersey, but the home of the New York Red Bulls, and now the secondary, like, rented home of Montreal, because Toronto to do the same thing, 
because Canada doesn't want anything to do with America, COVID, or particularly probably Trump as well. But um, <laughs> you know, it's been—I'm sure it's been a, a nightmare trying to coordinate everything for the Canadian teams. But you know, I got nothing but respect for Thierry Henry, even though I'm a Chelsea fan. One of the second jersey I bought was a, an Arsenal Thierry Henry uh, jersey, just because he's, he's such a boss and. Like, it's good because I'm like, yeah, you know, great, great to see you winning as a coach, but not at our expense. You can win every other game, but not don't beat Inter-Miami, man. This is a team that's struggling. I believe it was one win in their last eight games. It was it was some struggling pieces, yeah. and they seem to have clicked at the right time, unfortunately, for us. This was also the battle of the backup goalkeepers, which is um, another element in this game. Yeah, well... You know, I, I honestly, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of McCarthy. Um, I don't blame him for the two goals that we gave up in this game. I blame our defense and our midfield on that. But, you know, it's just uh, it's a team that you, you have to beat if you're trying to make a playoff run. And, of course, leave it to – if you're having a negative, you know, streak or whatever, one in your last eight, of course, we're going to be the ones to, to remedy that for you. But, you know, going into the game, man um, – this was not like the Atlanta United game. It's not like the the even the Houston game, which is a little bit more fragmented. Uh, this wasn't a game we, we really could control, um, which was tough. But the defense and the midfield were not on the same page. Uh, it was just very, very rough. We ended up conceding a goal, what, in the sixth minute? Mm -hmm. Very quick. Almost immediately, right? Little bouncer. Um, just complete lack of of defensive prowess i don't know why we seem to be trending downward on our back line when that was really one of our focal points i think at the beginning of the season but this is just a product of careless passes um just like sloppy cohesive defense and 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 honestly just thinking another teammate is going to clean up your player your mistake so this whole series on their first goal really frustrates me because the first part i'm going to explain wasn't technically in the sequence of the goal but lewis morgan gets an initial stop this is on the uh left wing of uh, of our defense basically or, or the left wing of the uh, montreal attack rather uh now he gets an initial defensive stop plays it short to trap who then plays it to yoya who passes the ball all the way up to iguain but Gonzalo just rams this thing right back down, almost you know inside the box to LGP. He makes a horrible, horrible pass right back up the middle to Piete, who then makes a simple pass to Rudy, allowing him to get a pretty open, free right-footed right shot on McCarthy. But McCarthy actually came up with a diving save, preventing that goal. Literally, moments later, and I will define what a moment constitutes in this story. A moment constitutes about five seconds. We'll say five to eight seconds. So moments later, Neilis makes a, uh, a nice interception. All right, let, me, let me backtrack a second. So McCarthy kicks the ball out. Of course, if you've been watching any of our, our play, it, it seems like anytime we have a goal kick, we just give it right back to the, to the opposing team. So he kicks it out um, right to, to Montreal. Uh, they try and make a pass up the middle of the field. Uh, Nealis gets an interception, uh, but he makes a, or sorry, this is on the left side of the field, but he makes an ill-advised, like desperate pass to Morgan, who is literally someone right on his back. That, that Montreal defender makes a, a slide from the back, gets the ball away, leaves Morgan on the floor. Uh, and then they start moving the ball down that, that left wing. So pass goes into Bohan who, who gets the ball and, and tries to make a pass, but will trap gets in the way. This ball literally like hits trap in the feet. I don't know if it's slow reaction or what it was, but it just slowly rolls off his foot back to Bohan, and there's no there's no attempt to even go win that ball. It's like, okay, that's fine. The ball's back to him. I don't know. He was like he's in a stupor. Bohan literally just sidesteps him, gets around trap. Matuidi's coming from behind to try and help out. He didn't just takes like a diagonal run to get away from Matuidi, and now he's running literally midfield of the attack. And the only person between him and McCarthy and the goal is LGP. Now, what does LGP do? You think he might want to, like, push up and add some pressure? No, he stays back where he is and just puts his arms behind his back, like embracing for a, a deep kick without even making an effort to run up there to try and, and fluster the situation. 
uh, not the ideal setup and honestly not a good play as far as LGP uh, is concerned. Bohan has a deep, deep shot to the far post of the goal goes past McCarthy. And this is a tough one to blame McCarthy on is this is one of those balls that it dips and, and, and bounces off the ground right in front of them. And you really, it's hard to predict exactly how high or the velocity. It's all the physics of the ball gets around McCarthy and, uh, and that goal occurs, but where is the defensive pressure? Like LGP, what are you doing? This the Bohan used to play for Barcelona. And we're not talking about the Ecuadorian Barcelona. I'm talking about the Barcelona, FC Barcelona. Mm. You cannot give him that much space in the attack. He's going to to wet that every day. It, it seemed like a common thread throughout the entire match. I thought he was absolutely shredding us. And, you know, unfortunately for us, there is a second goal to talk about that he was instrumental in that process as well but yeah jay it, it is curious and i'm and i'm kind of wondering what why do you think it is that you know you would have asked us a month ago you know what's the best part about your team or you know what's the most solidified unit on the club and it absolutely would have been the back line and i mean i know we've been hit with a a couple interview or not interviews injuries i guess reyes injured his face or something Facial is the new injury, report yeah. but why why is our defense right now lacking when a, just a couple weeks ago this was the best part about our team i honestly do not know i mean reyes is expected back thank god so is pizarro um but it's it, it's it's this like mentality of of my teammates will will clean up my mistake needless with the very desperate pass in in into morgan to try and get himself out of a situation which that's not the, the pass you want to make because that, that defender's coming hard. And then, you know, trap with a lack of days of cool, like, oh, I don't have to worry about it because Matweedy's here. Matweedy will stop him. And then Matweedy gets burnt. And then it's LGP. And I maybe he was thinking someone else is going to come in. But, like, no one's stepping up and being like, I'm going to make this play. Well, Which has honestly been something we've been seeing in the attack. Of like, who who has the confidence that says, I'm going to be the guy that scores or I'm going to put in this assist over here? It seems everyone just wants to pass the ball. But on defense, nobody seems to be able to want to make that play. It's, oh, don't worry. My teammates will handle, handle the mistake I just made. Yeah, and, you know, kind of furthering that point that you just made right there, Jay, is the, the lack of, I guess, accountability when something doesn't go well. And... The thing that really frustrates me, not just as an analyst of the game and a you know co-host of the podcast for the team, but is just a fan standpoint, is just the frustration of our total despicable body language. It's evident throughout the entire, you know, we semi joke about it, but I'm not really joking about it right now. It's Every single time something goes wrong with our team, our hands are in the air. We're screaming at the refs. We're looking at each other like it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. When, you know, how many games this year has come back to just small mental lapses? All it takes is two seconds, three seconds, five for the team to score on us. And I think again, and it was really unfortunate to see, you know, our newest player signing to really kind of, I guess, join the train in this whole thing, because we know we have a couple players that, you know, pretty much like we say, could have action figures with their hands in the air. But, you know, one of the players, you know, and we're going to talk about it because it's devastating to our next match against Toronto. But, you know, Gonzalo, you know, there was a couple plays in the game, whether it was at the finishing of the actual match where he was sitting on the ground, seemed like for about 30 to 60 seconds as we had the ball still in attacking position mm -hmm. to fast forward to after the game when, hey, check this out. We actually get a red card after the game. That is that's something that doesn't typically happen. And the only reason that that did happen is because we were being disrespectful. We were screaming at the refs, you know, uh, obscenities, you know, God knows what the hell we were really saying, but it, it just kind of falls back onto the whole idea of, listen, guys, you know, 
take a pay attention take a take a take a page out of the Miami Heat you know we just saw the Miami Heat go to the bubble in Orlando do way more than we thought that they were capable of you know beating the Toronto Raptors beating the Boston Celtics and then taking the LA Lakers to game six and I can tell you you know Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler wouldn't put up with that shit that is just the reality of that club and that organization Pat Riley Eric Spolstra Mickey Harrison those people are not going to deal and put up with this type of body language and it's evident in the play the 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 Miami Heat to again use that as an analogy is very positive they are always talking about what they can handle they're always cheering for themselves on the bench on the actual court themselves and you know what we're seeing right now in inner Miami couldn't be any more of the opposite I agree with you yeah there's a, a, a lack of that ferociousness I guess you know, for, for, for lack of a better term. Um, I mean, it's like organized ferociousness. Yeah. It's not just letting your emotions take over, but it's playing with your emotions. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. And, and that kind of throws everything, you know, off, off, uh, off killer or however you want to word it. This ref again, like we, we, we are not, we don't have favor with the refs. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of people think it was a clear penalty to end the game that wasn't called on LGP, which is why, what is LGP blaze Matweedy, uh, Iguain, and I think there was one American in there. And like I saw a funny post, it was like this ref's literally getting blown up in four different languages right now. But like that doesn't matter. Uh, you can't complain your way to that. Just 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 ignore that and 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 get the right attitude and attacking mentality and 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 be a beast. Be be a competitor. Well, we're we're, we're talking about what the last five seconds of the match i guarantee you that last five seconds well, was no, but not there, there, there was the there were some questionable calls i think all i think all those players have been involved in their own kind of bs call situation but again that's something you can't even use really as an excuse we can talk about it but as a player you can't use it as an excuse just get up there and make it happen there is a serious attitude problem um again we have all these players but there seems to it just what game? Maybe the 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 game we won against Orlando, where we played great for like the first seventy minutes, and those last twenty minutes were all defensive. But other than that, like when have we really had a swag about us? Had a level of confidence about us? Well, yeah. And thinking back to that Orlando match too, I mean, not only is that our rival, but we also scored three goals in that game, which was the most we've had all season. So. Yeah. You, you know, I guess it just comes back to, you know, what can you control? And, you know, listen, folks, the reality is we cannot control what the referee calls. We can't, but we can control our play on the pitch and our play on the pitch will influence what the ref calls. And I got to go back to this. If you're screaming at me and cussing at me in, you know, four different languages, like we were saying, am I more likely to give you the call next time or less likely? I'm going with less likely. Probably. This, this, this is like a, it's like a downhill spiral you don't want to be part of. Like, just get away from it. Gonzalo Higuain, what, 15 years of extremely high level play? And from someone this senior, this is the mistake that you're going to make is harassing a ref after the game to the extent where you draw a red card post-match and now you're out versus Orlando. Just when Pizarro is coming back and we're going to finally see this team all together with all its weapons and in a better chemistry. And now we can't even see that because Iguain's out against a rivalry game that we have to win. Well, it, it just keeps continuing, man. I mean, you know, the frustration, too, without having Iguain and not having Pizarro is going to absolutely destroy us in this match. This is a high-powered offense with Orlando City, whether that's Chris Mueller, whether that's DK, whether that's Nani, they have a shit ton of offense. And right now, the way our defense is looking, we are not prepared for that. And, oh, yeah, our offense is not ready to go out and put up the fireworks like this team's going to go ahead and do. You're absolutely right. This is not the time for our defense to be, you know, <laughs> trending towards the uh, the toilet, if you will. Um, and, and, like, yeah, so they've got – bro, you didn't even mention, like, Tesho Akindeli. You didn't even yeah. mention, like, Michelle. Like, they even have – they even have their backups. Tom Dwyer is not even – he's been injured. Like, 
so many offensive weapons and coming out of defensive line struggling so much is going to be a major, major concern. Not having Gonzalo isn't ideal. You know, get back here, Pizarro, please. But, you know, again, I mean, there's been a lot of people hating on Gonzalo Higuain for whatever reason. He's fat, he's old, whatever. That You know, that free kick to win the game against Houston, most beautiful thing in the history of this club so far. But now we're looking at how many games has he played? What, five now? Six now? And he's had one goal? Yeah. We need more. Now, he did have a very nice chip over the keeper that just wasn't enough velocity on it. And uh, the defenders got to it to keep it out of the, the net. So yeah, but, you see the potential, but we need results. But unfortunately for us, the highest paid player in the MLS who's setting records on the actual salary card, one goal isn't enough. Not, um, no, not at all. One goal in the amount of games that he has been with us, although it was an absolute beauty and it did win us the game, which we thank him for, is just simply not enough. And, Jay, I'm kind of curious, too, because – when we were at the match against Atlanta and then when we were watching the Montreal game, I got to say, I was a little confused on why we didn't see Federico out there. I was confused because I thought we brought him in here to be that CAM role to fill as Pizarro's out. And when we were really lacking that creativity and offensive threat in the middle, I was thinking, why in the hell isn't he on the pitch? Makes no sense to me. Yeah, right. He's the, the, the true number 10 that we need, right? Because, you know, Pizarro... I guess quote unquote isn't a true number ten. He's you know more of a, of a winging a, a attacker player, but it, I I don't I don't fully understand it, you know. And and, and some of the fans are are under the impression that like Federico hasn't even played this year. He he played ten games for DC. He scored two goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know that that that's that's gonna put you at the top of the the goal scoring sheet under Miami. Is oh. is that that it's two goals in ten ga- games? Like hey. Where what it, it almost nineteen games played and our leading goal scorer is five. So you double that, you ready to see a four goals? Play him, give him a shot. It's not working. I get the trap had a really good game, <laughs> yo yo, you know. But maybe well, maybe maybe get rid of the center defensive midfielders and just go more of a creative attacking minded midfielders. See where that gets us. Well, to your point right there, right on on trap and yo yo, those are both very defensive minded folks, and you know we get messages about this every game and. You know, Blaze just isn't going to be the score. He's not going to go out. If he gets his five goals in a regular season, like a full season, we'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, so he's not a goal scorer by nature. He, he's not that type of player. So those of you, you know, who are watching the games and, you know, wondering why isn't Blaze, you know, scoring goals, well, the reality is is that that's just not his role. And I think something that our team has struggled with consistently throughout this entire season is asking players to play out of their natural positions. And, you know, whether that's Pizarro and forcing him into more of a striker type of mentality when Iguain wasn't here or, you know, asking Blaze to push up and play more of an offensive threat, that's, it's just not their skill set. So, you know, there's kind of questions into, you know, why we didn't inject and substitute some of those more offensive minds. You know, I would have even liked to see Jay Chapman in the mix. He was someone who has came on to the pitch during this season and played pretty well. But we needed offensive minded folks in the middle of both of these games. And we did end up putting Federico in the match, but I think in both accounts they were past the 75th minute, if I'm not mistaken. No, they are. I mean, we needed like Pellegrini out there, right? So I mean, and this is a game we, we go from our three four three or four three two one, however you want to you know call it, basically. So we, we we rotate to this four three three. But now here's like the most interesting thing to me is, you know, here's our midfield: Matuidi, Trap, and Yoya. That is our midfield. And they're all center defensive midfielders. They are all CDMs. We, in effect, have seven defenders playing with three attackers, and we're still giving up goals. So it's not going to work, okay? It's really not going to work. Put Matuidi in the middle, put Pellegrini on one side, and put like a Jay Chapman or even put a Dylan Nealis on that side. We need more attacking-minded midfield. We can't just keep playing these defensive players. The double pivot with a Yo-Yo and Trap hasn't been working, so why are we starting both of them at the same time? Like why? Why are we? Why are we digressing? Why are we digressing, Diego? I don't get it. We were on the right track. Who knows? Who knows? And Jay, I'm gonna blow your mind even a little bit more, bud. Uh, this is some of that level two data that everybody tunes into here. But check this out, bud. In the first half of the Montreal Impact game, we had 
two shots. One of which was on target. And simply, that's not good enough. This is a backup goalie that we're going against this match. And to not put the pressure on him and force him to make saves is a huge, huge tactical mistake. And, oh yeah, Breck, we freaking love you, bud. But you cannot be our second highest goal scorer on this team. (laughs) And you're sitting at four goals this year, and god damn, they're beautiful goals. Following Lewis Morgan, but that cannot be the case. Well, I, I will say the the goal that Breck Chase scored was it, it, it was like a it put some magic on the ball. It was like a, he put a little sorcerer spell on the ball. That ball got deflected, and instead of like going more, you know, north to south, like as far as like verticality goes, it got deflected, hits the ground, and then just lasers to the keeper and maintains like two feet off the ground. Like it was not going up. It was not going down. It, it, I watched the shot probably 20 times just on, 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 on replay. And it is one of the most interesting shots I've seen. I mean, it, it gets to the flesh and just snaps and the keeper does get to it, but he just can't stop it. It was one of the most interesting goals I've seen, but you're exactly right. I mean, he's now scoring in back-to-back goal games. Um, when you've got a, an Iguain, Pellegrini, Carranza, Number one overall pick and 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 Robbie Robinson, Aguadello, you pick Zaro. Like the fact that he's our second leading goal scorer. I mean, we'll take him. We want more goals. We we love you, Breck. But where's the rest of the team? Where are actual people we brought in here to score goals? Because Breck we didn't bring in to score goals. We just brought in really to help the defense and in in defensive midfield out. But he's risen to one of our most potent weapons with his beautiful just blonde hair just blowing in the wind. Yeah, the dude's playing for a contract, and I say get that man a contract. And something that he we've been – scoring, he's going to ask for a DP. <laughs> hey, listen, from what our DPs are, wouldn't be a bad idea. But what also has me very kind of just – I wouldn't say even confused or perplexed because I can see what's going on, and it, and it, and it honestly does go side-by-side side with Lewis Morgan being our best player this year, and, God, we're lucky to have him. But – it seems like the majority of our offensive threat starts from the ends, right? It starts from the edges. So we don't really put pressure on the defense from the midfield pushing up the center stream. So with that, we, we see a ton of crosses, which I'm sure that's pretty familiar for all the listeners out there. But again, you're not putting pressure on that back line to then free up your wingers. There's, there's a lot of ripple effects that occur with this and if we rely way too heavily on the wings, that's just not a good thing. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, you know, hey, Pizarro, you know, would fix that. But the reality is Pizarro is not going to be on our team for two games that we have to win. It's it, it's coming down to the wire that ties aren't even good enough for us. So, well, what, what doesn't work is that you have the highest played player in the MLS. You have a prolific record-breaking goal scorer. But these crosses aren't, aren't what you want to do. Feed the ball to your center forward. Come inside and put the ball at his feet. I think it was like 30 minutes and he hadn't even touched the ball in the Montreal game. Well, something interesting, Jay, and I actually wanted to ask you. And we had, I think, I forget which fan wrote us this email, but it was actually talking about Iguain's style of play where, you know, it was a reference to, you know, Gonzalo throughout his entire career, and I want to call him second fiddle, but there have been other dominant players to play up in the striker role with him. So he was, he was, you know, probably at his time at Napoli, he was the central focus of the attack. But when he was at making his name at Real Madrid, he had, you know, Karim Benzema, uh, Kaká, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, the list uh, goes on. <laughs> you know, then when he gets moved over to Juve, you know, he has Dybala and, you know, Ronaldo again. So... You know, I'm actually curious to ask you is, do you think, and I would even love to see it just as a just a trial and beta, but do you think that Iguain would benefit from a potential Robbie Robinson or Julian Carranza to play up in the front with him to actually feed off of each other? 100% without a doubt, if we had two forwards, we'd be doing a lot better. A left forward, a right forward. I don't care what you want to do. I don't care if it's Aguadello, Robbie Robinson, Carranza, Pellegrini, Rodolfo, Lewis Morgan. I don't care who you put up there. This 
you know, the problem with and Alonzo wants to stay with this, like, you know, ideally a four, two, three, one, but he, he's so focused on having one center forward and two wingers that really only seem to want to put crosses in. Give us two forwards and let's see what happens. Let's make the play go through the center of the field and not just rely on dishing balls out to Lewis Morgan, which happens almost 80% of the time for a cross. Or, you know, Breck down down the left side, or rather even be, you know, Pellegrini playing down the left side. Play through the middle, get it to your forwards, and give them a shot. Another issue I have is that if you watch when we're taking shots, there's so much hesitation that they lose their window. They'll get the ball at their feet. They will have a chance to get a shot off, but they try and wait for it or make it perfect. And by that time, one of the defenders is getting in between them and goal and, and, and blocking balls. It's absolutely insane. It, it is absolutely insane. I really want to stop talking about this because I expected better from the boys. Two games that we absolutely had to win, and we tied one and lost one. And now we're going up against a tough slate. I'm not going to lie here. We're playing our rivals, our in-state rivals. It's the revenge game to their revenge game to our revenge game to their first game against us. We're talking about Orlando City with a stout attack. I don't know what you want us to cover. We've covered them, what, three times now? Yeah, the the match that we have next is going to be tough. And we have four games left on our slate. And, you know, we're not out of it. We're not out of it. And I think that's the one positive that we can take from this is, is that, you know, we did not get beat from by Atlanta. Unfortunately, we did not win against Atlanta for those three points, but we did get one. We did lose, obviously, against Montreal, but we are still in the race. Now, why we're talking about why those games were so important? Well, our next match, as we've been talking about, is against Orlando SC. The following match against us is against Dallas, and Dallas has been trending upward. They have been playing very, very well, so it's going to be a tricky game for us. Preceding that match, we roll into Toronto FC, which, don't look now, is the top team in the Eastern Conference. So our last game following Toronto is a match against Cincinnati. Now, ideally, we're in a play-in game. And a play-in game is the fact that if we go out and handle business against Cincinnati, we will claim our position in the playoffs. But there is a caveat to this. And the caveat is the fact that not all teams have the same amount of remaining games left. So although Inter-Miami may finish the season, we may be still waiting, holding on to our pants, seeing how some of these other matches unfold. That's a very good point. That is a, a very good point. You know, for instance, um, Nashville is, what, three points ahead of us, but they still have two more games to play until they, they reach the, the 19 games played where, where we do. It's going to be tough. All these teams are good. I mean, well, I don't want, I don't want to talk trash or jinx us. FC Cincinnati is a game I, we, I think we both expect that we can definitely get a win out of. Orlando is going to be tough. FC Dallas is going to be tough. And Toronto is going to be a damn mountain to climb. But we have to get, I'd say, at least two wins out of here. Two wins, one draw, and one loss. I don't see how else we do it. I mean, we're really looking for the bottom teams to struggle. And as far as bottom teams, we're talking, we need D.C. United to lose, FC Cincinnati to keep losing, Atlanta to lose. Chicago Fire set us up on a plate, drew their game, only got one point. If we would have beat Montreal – We'd be above them in a playoff spot. So uh, tough sledding ahead. Oh, that was painful to do. But, hey, I believe that we can still get into this playoff spot. So we have to stay positive. Come on, boys. Tighten up. Let's get it together. Let's get through this Gonzalo suspension. And let's get our full squad playing together again. Yes. Because we've had one game. I think it was Gonzalo's first game before Pizarro had to leave. Yeah. Hopefully we do have our full club back and as we've been talking about consistently through this pod gonzalo will be out in our next match against orlando which is devastating beyond devastating but um this match is a home game so it will be played in our backyard down here in fort lauderdale it's going down saturday october 24th at 3 30 eastern standard time so make sure to get your tailgating done early 
make sure to get your barbecues in because we got kickoff in the afternoon, which is a little bit different. So, you know, as we've talked about, we've played this team three times already this year. We have racked up two losses and one win. And that one win was a 3-2 dub huge. But uh, Orlando's last five matches has not been that stellar. They've had four ties and one win. That one win was against the Red Bulls. And they had one game that was postponed uh that they were going to play the Columbus crew. So a uh, little high level facts for everybody out there that's interested in the Orlando city team. But uh, Chris Mueller is someone to pay attention to dude is a stud. You'll probably see him playing for the U S national team at some time, which is the only silver lining on this guy. He has eight goals, six assists to his name. He is the leading goal scorer for Orlando city following up by Nani who has five goals and five assists and who has tortured us when we do play him. So uh, following that is, Daryl DK, who uh, we passed on in the twice, yeah, twice in the draft. He has four goals and three assists. So you know, you do the math. He would be our second leading scorer on the club already. Dude, him and Iguain together would be so great. Yeah, and then Perea, uh, he kills us every time. Uh, he's a, he's a, is a midfielder that is an absolute beast. He's a physical player. He leads the team in yellow cards with five and sixteen fouls. And then you know, don't look now, but their goalie is a stud as well. So Pedro. Uh, Galici will be in between the goal bars. He has 39 saves and two clean sheets. So without Gonzalo, without Pizarro, no, we Pizarro's got... coming back. We, we fully expect Pizarro to come back, and we, we have to have not Pizarro for this game. Back. Yeah, he's gonna be playing for this game. Yep, that's that's uh, that's the reports right now. Ooh, a little curveball there. You think that we're actually gonna see Federico out there? I hope so, because we're not going to have Gonzalo. Hey, Mauricio, hold your beer, because LGP is about to have way more fouls and yellow cards than you. Don't worry, buddy. Oh, boy. Well, if we actually have Pizarro back, and that is actually new news, I'm wondering how his quarantine protocol is going right now. Well, but it's it's good because Florida is pretty lax course, compared, yeah. to, compared take to... Take a walk outside. <laughs> compared to other states. So. But um, again, that's the reports. We, it, it, we don't know for sure yet, but we certainly hope... Because it pains me to do these episodes. It, it hurts me more than it hurts you guys. I promise <laughs> you. I just want us to be happy, get some wins again, get into the playoffs. Oh, baby, please. Yeah, well, we need Pizarro back. That would be a huge boost and actually just really brighten up my evening here. But, um, you know, that's about everything to go on in the world of Inter-Miami. A, a segment that we have started doing over the last few weeks is more around the league talk. You know, the season's wrapping up here. We got playoff positioning on the line. We have a lot of things going around the MLS. So did just want to share a little quick update around the league. So, First and foremost, unfortunately, you know, not for the team, but unfortunately for MLS fans, the Supporters Shield Federation has elected to not award the Shield this season. All Champion League and normal perks will remain, but unfortunately for this 2020 season, the Supporters Shield will not. Um, who has made the playoffs thus far is a big question that we've been getting from a lot of fans. Uh, Toronto FC, it was the first team to etch their name into the playoff uh, standings, followed by a couple new re recent additions as of this last weekend. Philadelphia Union, which we know all too well, has now entered the playoff picture with a clinched berth as well as the Columbus crew and the next team that we're playing Orlando City so those are the four teams in the east that have clinched playoff berths for this upcoming playoffs uh, no teams in the west have clinched and again remember the east is going to have 10 teams in the tournament and the west will have eight so there's a slight discrepancy of the teams that are getting invited to the big dance but no teams in the west west have yet clinched Moving around a little bit more of news in the league, this is pretty exciting for the 
I guess the MLS in general, Brandon Arison, who we have seen all too many times this year, uh, has now officially signed with RB Salzburg. So this is a announcement that was made about one to two weeks ago, but it did finally come official on Friday last week, which was October 16th. Those of which who are maybe not more accustomed to the worldwide sport of football and maybe just MLS fans, um, RB is the largest team in Austria. So it's great to see Arison go out there. Uh, he turns 20 next week, which is pretty damn young. He has seven goals and seven assists across his 46 matches in the MLS. So, you know, this is, this is actually interesting because it's, it's Red Bull Salzburg. So this is part of the uh, conglomerate of the Red Bull company impact on football. This is basically the second highest tier you could get to. Uh, the highest would be with uh, Red Bull a.k.a. RB Leipzig, uh, where Timo Werner just uh, came mm -hmm. from signing with Chelsea. So this is a big, big move for uh, for Brendan Aronson. Um, I know that we played Philly, and, you know, we kind of dislike him. Uh, same thing with, with Chris Mueller. This is some of the plays for Orlando that we hate him because he's our rival. But look out for Brendan Aronson coming into World Cup playing time, as well as Chris Mueller. These are going to be valuable players that uh, will be making massive impacts for United States men's national team. So uh, best of luck, Brendan, over there in Austria. I think, uh, you know, you play a season or two there. Maybe get bumped up into the uh, the Leipzig squad, and then you're, you know, playing in a Power 5 league and making a name for yourself and inspiring all young American Americans who want to play this sport. So shout out Brendan Aronson. Big shout out. And I'm just glad we're not going to have to be playing him next year because the dude's a stud. If you haven't seen him, go back, watch some highlights. But pretty excited to see where he takes his young career um moving in uh the team that we actually just play the atlanta united um they did recently tra uh, actually transfer pt martinez over to the saudi team al najer fc for a reported 18 million dollars but check this out atlanta just signed their new dp Mar Marcino Moreno, who is much more of a creator in the midfield, um, but he's going to be a pretty important piece for this Atlanta team moving forward. So looking forward to seeing him around the league. And Joseph Martinez will be back soon next season as well. So I think Atlanta's just trying to get everything figured out for the following season. So shout out to them. It's been tough on the fans. It's been tough on your boy. He's a big Atlanta United fan. Yeah. Hang in there, guys. We're, we're, we're right there with you. We're, we're, we're building for the future, you know? It's Needless an investment. To say, I think they cast it off this year. But they have had some good success. Anyway, moving forward, this is actually kind of cool news. Uh, Austin FC, which is going to be one of the new expansion teams come in 2021 along with Charlotte. All I'm right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh matthew boy. mcconaughey's part owner come we, on man we, we get it okay you got you guys uh, get it okay oh uh, be a uh. lot cooler if you did <laughs> anyway austin fc actually signed their first designated player he is paraguayan he is a winger and his name is cecilio dominguez the club's first ever designated player he joins from Independiente. Oh, wow, I butchered that one. Independiente. Independiente. <laughs> Jeez, I'm talking a little bit too much Nico. Spanish. <laughs> anyway, he spent some time with Club America over in La Liga MX, but he will be joining uh, the club next year. And last... Well, well, hold on. I hope you like barbecuing overall, Cecilio. Because they're coming at you real hot. It's going to be a total change of culture for him. But... Gotta, gotta give our young bull some love. Unfortunately, he plays for the New York Red Bulls, but Caden Clark is back at it again. The dude is 17 years old, and if you that name sounds a little familiar from our last episode, he was the player on the Red Bulls who signed the contract, and that evening, that same day, he put in the game winner. Well, Caden is back at it again. He put in back-to-back -back goals. He launched a rocket into the upper left corner from outside the box in his last match. And I got to say, Jay, that's one of the players in the MLS, young rising stars for everybody to keep their eye on. You better watch him now because he's going to be gone soon. They fully expect him up to RB Leipzig in the near future. Uh, As and well. If not there, he's going to Salzburg. There Probably be go. a teammate with uh, Brendan Harrison. A lot of, lot of talent. Enjoy while you can and keep an eye on him for – 
your World Cup teams, man. I mean, we got a lot of talent coming up through this, uh, but thank you for a quick update on news around the team. I think we are finally done with this uh, sad episode in my eyes. Put me in a good mood, squad. Let's make this playoff push happen. Thank you for bearing with us. I know we want to be a little bit more excited and provide better news, but we provide the news as it comes, and we have to be uh, honest not only for the listeners but to ourselves because we have consciousness and we need to sleep well at night. But we don't really have anything else to say, so thanks for tuning into the Inner Miami Podcast per usual. Follow us on social at Inner Miami Podcast, on Twitter at InterMIA Podcast. Check the website, intermiamipodcast.com, and send an email, Jay and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. We love interacting with the fans, answering questions of the fans, celebrating goals with the fans, and then messaging them within five minutes later to show a little bit of frustration <laughs> with goals coming in. But uh, whatever. This episode made me, put me in a better mood. Thank you for tuning in. I have nothing else to say, but please, 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 for the love of God, vamos Miami. Vamos Miami, everyone. Have a good week.